All right, guys, it is Thursday, which means Spags and I have our freewheeling show. Spags, our Thursday show is where we really let our hair down. I think it's really a good time here for everybody where, of course, we are going to put on our soothsaying hats, do a little low probability crystal ball. We'll catch up on all the NFL news. We'll build some lineups. We'll do a game of numbers. Don't lie. And we're going to have a viewer guest on. So we got a lot of fun coming up here. So Pete, hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun where I actually had the audio going on another computer as we started the episode. So hopefully that didn't come through. But I am Chris Spags, joined once again by your friend and mine, Peter Overset. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. Um, I, I always I'm happy when I get to, to Thursday. The first part of my week is uh, is pretty crazy. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I got my projections and everything updated for this week. So I feel like I have a a better grasp on the slate than I normally do by this time in the week. Yeah, and it is a, a crucial Thursday here. Of course, Thursday night football going off today with the Bucks eagles game. We're going to talk a lot about coming up in a little bit. But first of all, if you're watching on YouTube, whether it be on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, make sure you hit that like button. It really does help us out a bunch. Helps us get seen by more people. Helps the video pop up in recommended feeds more. So that's why when you hear YouTube content creators talking about it, make sure you are hitting the like button for everybody you like out there because it really does mean a lot for our businesses. And also go follow at Splash Play Pod. We follow everybody back on there on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. We're giving all the love back to you that you guys give to us. So please go check that out now. And while you're on the internet, checking some things out, make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. We're going to talk about some day-to-day DVOA, of course, is the famous one from them that you'll hear about on every single show across the fantasy embedding industry. But today we'll talk more about it. We'll talk about the defense versus receiver stats. A lot of great numbers on there to pull. Just get a read on how a slate's going to look. So go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Under $5 a month if you get that yearly package. So get in there, check it out. Of course, support them for helping us put on this show every single week. Uh, Pete, we got a lot to talk about, though, and I know we you have some plugs, too. So I think let's just get all the plugs out there because one of them is fun for the people out there with your Deposit Kingdom tournament on DraftKings that is, of course, rake-free. Yep. Uh, DraftKings, uh, thankfully, is letting us uh, continue this show. So uh, it was 350 people last week. We got it up to 400 people this week. I have the link here pinned in the chat. If you're watching on my YouTube, uh, it is in the description as well. I don't like taking this link to Twitter. I want to keep it for people who watch the shows, who hang out in the Discord. So uh, this filled up uh, on Friday last week, and I'm guessing it'll be Friday, Saturday morning when it fills again this week. So do not complain to me when you say, Hey, Peter, it filled. Why didn't I get in? Well, I'm telling you right now, get in There are spots available. Uh, and we talked about this, uh, on previous shows. We talked about it with who was our guest on Friday. Uh, last Friday we had Daigle. Daigle, we talked about, or maybe I'm thinking of other shows. We talked about why rake-free tournaments are so important for building your bankroll. It's essentially like removing, you know, 15% of the field or having dead lineup. So take advantage of that tournament. The people at DraftKings hooking us up. Link down below. Yeah, and Pete will be playing in it this week. I'll be playing in it, and I won't even be using an optimizer lineup. I promise to hand build this lineup just wow. to show the the dedication of the craft, Pete. That I know. Yesterday, you had to be on the show with Brian Hooper and Chess is okay on Lulls talking about DFS, and and I'm gonna do it your way, Pete. I'm not gonna do what the smart guys are doing to win millions of dollars. I'm just gonna build by hand with a little bit, hold my finger in the air to see how the wind's going, and then go from there. 
you know, this is uh, this is what we have to do. I mean, even when I talk with Brian about this stuff, uh, and I'm actually having Brian on my strategy show uh, tomorrow, like one of the things he says is to take advantage of the things that hand builders can do that the, you know, the opto bros and, you know, the, uh, the guys that have their own simulations like Brian that can update in real time. And I think there are, you know, some edges in, in specific situations or being able to really massage late swaps uh, in ways that are harder to do when it's, it's fully automated. So I, I think us hand builders, we have to lean in to the tools we have and those are these precious hand specs. <laughs> the delicate ivories that we are tickling every day that we are building a hand lineup or a hand-built lineup for DFS. But let's get to some news, Pete. And I feel like we got to open with the, the ugly one that broke after our show on Monday. Uh, John Gruden resigning after some link, uh, leaked emails uh, going to the Washington football team. So really not even something he was being investigated for. Just kind of getting caught up in all the various uh, machinations going on there. But thinly veiled racial references that I think kind of got walked back on Sunday. Tony Dungy and the Sunday night crew, they Phil and Time talked about it a little bit. Then we saw some worse ones, literal gay slurs, anti-female referee ones, and now special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia, a true paisan as well, will be taken over as the Raiders head coach. But I think we've got to plant our flag here. Like the Bucks taking him out of the ring of honor, you know, a strong move, but one that I do think kind of had to be made. And Aaron Rodgers, I thought, said it best. Like in 2021, we got to be mindful. There, there are female coaches in the league who are doing great things. LGBTQ people out there doing good stuff. So um, this is a show where we certainly err on the side of really, you know, being accepting and welcoming to everybody out there. But I do think, Pete, we just got to say here, uh, don't send shitty emails ever, even if it's 10 years ago. Like, if you put a slur in an email, that is something that can haunt you at any point in your life. Yeah, and it's also like, don't be a shitty person uh, yeah. to where you're even sending those emails. And it, it's the stuff with, we see in the NFL, like, I think back to the Ray Rice situation where it's like, that one got blown up because it was on tape. And it's like, think about how many of those situations exist that aren't on tape. You know, John Gruden's emails get exposed. Think about how many other of these coaches and personnel people in the NFL have said awful, awful things. Like we, no one's, you know, uh, being ignorant about what a machismo, bro, misogynistic, bigoted, you know, undercurrent that there probably is in these NFL circles. So it just so happens that the, uh, you know, the chickens came home to roost for John Gruden on this one. Yeah, and obviously, we know what it means in terms of the football part, which is what we care about the most. We just sort of have to say, I think the the human part here the most is Pete and I that you know two guys that do care, you know, a good amount about all you guys out there and gals and and everything else, you know, that we want you guys to know that you are supported by us here. But I think this move, Pete, to a special teams coordinator seems like a weird one, especially when they do have um you would you know an offensive coordinator there who could have taken over, and you would think you know with the success they've had on offense, getting Derek Carr where they need to go. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go that direction, but I feel like Pete to me if anything, this is just going to make the Raiders offense more like Lord of the Flies and anything could happen here. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see them continue to pass at a really high rate. They're passing almost 70% of the time in uh, neutral game scripts right now. But overall, I just feel like this spot with the Raiders, I don't know what to expect because this team was built to Grudem's customization and what he wanted. And now Mike Mayock going to exert a lot more power as GM. And I just feel like the Raiders have been a, a tough team to figure out. And I feel like moving forward could be great, could be awful. And I really have no read on where it's going to go. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm inclined to think this is uh, great for the franchise. I mean, even outside of John Gruden being a bad person, uh, they locked him up to a 10-year contract. And I don't care who you are. I don't even care if you're Bill Belichick. You shouldn't have a 10-year contract. It's absurd, especially in this league and how much someone can rest on their laurels, the irony being what are even John Gruden's laurels as a coach. So I think the Raiders got bailed out for an awful, awful contract. And this 
has to be a good thing for the franchise that they can get some people in there that it can actually prove themselves. They can make a, a more informed hire uh, there and isn't just some marketing play because they're moving to Las Vegas. Yeah, so that's the big news here, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as we get a read on the Raiders moving forward and what uh, Versace is going to do there. Maybe he'll bring some great bits that evoke uh, an Italian stereotype in some way. I don't know. We'll find out what he brings to the locker room. I'm just glad him. we don't have to welcome him to the family. <laughs> oh, if you think he's not getting welcome to the family <laughs> on Monday, Pete, you are sadly mistaken. I thought we were going to move on to another bit. We're just cycling nope. through the bits every week. We're keeping that one? Yeah, oh, I think that one that was a hard stay for me, Pete. I think we got it. That was <laughs> another clip that you posted, and I could not bring myself to rewatch it. It was it was a great clip. I think if you are following the at Splash Play Pod handle, I'm trying to get some clips out here for our more noteworthy bits. Usually, where we are doing incredibly overwrought sticks for the show, and uh, you can find them coming through on Instagram and Twitter now. But other injury news, Pete uh, Christian McCaffrey not at the open part of practice so far today, uh, and ahead of their game coming up against Minnesota at home. And this spot kind of looked like McCaffrey was trending towards playing, but him not being there at least to start going to be one where we have to watch the news, watch the Fantasy Life newsletter that Pete does as well because. I'm sure you'll have some updates tomorrow, but I feel like a bit of a concern here. And then, you know, does make Carolina more of an interesting GPP team where we don't have McCaffrey playing. He's right now projected to be one of the highest owned guys in the slate uh, by a lot of the sites out there. I feel like this is one that could be really variable in a way that could be beneficial. Yeah, uh, I was doing my kind of projection sweep and most of the sites are, you know, uh, projecting Christian McCaffrey as if he is going to play this weekend. I think, uh, I, I kind of like having a little bit of the uncertainty with these situations, similar to the Dalvin Cook last week where we got Alexander Madison at the last minute. It just helps the kind of content, the DFS hive mind, not to solidify around certain assumptions. And I think those quick moving parts actually, you know, help us take advantage of these things. So uh, I kind of like the uncertainty around the Christian McCaffrey because I could see it swinging either way, where maybe he is a last minute scratch and Chuba becomes an interesting tournament play, or maybe he is a last minute addition. And then all of a sudden at 8,800, he's coming in around sub 10% ownership because everyone's spooked he's not going to get all the workload. So I'm kind of looking forward to that dynamic. And right now, Osmo, of course, one of the leading data providers out there for this, these DFS ownership things, Run the Sims, another great one that Pete talks about. But just looking at their numbers here, uh, 19% expected ownership for McCaffrey right now. Um, and that would put him as the highest projected owned player on the weekend. Actually, kind of interesting that they're not projecting a single guy over 20%, which uh, Pete, I think, does speak to the GPP landscape that you talked a little bit on lulls yesterday about that people are getting sharp and they know really the variance of football can be as dangerous as anything out there. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at kind of the aggregated ownership I pulled in, and the only guy I'm even seeing creeping over 20% is Darrell Henderson. I think at 6,000, that's a game people are pretty excited about. I could see him getting some steam, but yeah, it looks like another week where it's really spread out. There's you know four or five wide receivers on the top end that are projecting well that are all going to get around 15% of ownership, so yeah, another one of those weeks, much different than last week, where it really was condensing around Devontae Adams, around Derrick Henry, that DAC uh, double stack. So this will be a tougher week, I think, last week as far as what the leverage points are. Some other news going on out there with the injuries. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard expected to play this week at home versus the Rams, a game where the game script should theoretically uh, benefit the pass game there. Daniel Jones also back taking first team snaps today, though his status remains a little more up in the air, a little more murky than those guys. But the question I have, Pete, with these guys coming back in, Slayton and Shepard, two guys who have been either target monsters or big play guys in the past, and Kadarius Tony, a guy that we drafted very highly in our waiver wire snake draft segment on Monday, 
how do you think this affects Kadarius Tony overall, where it's just a lot of things that are up in the air. And I feel like just having these two guys back in the lineup, even with Galladay likely not to play, I feel like in the spot, like I don't know that I would trust Kadarius Tony, but I think there's a large portion of the casual players out there could end up flocking his way and maybe getting burned. Yeah, Kadarius Tony's so tricky this week, like you said, with those guys coming back. DraftKings very aggressive, pricing him up from 4,000 to 5,600. He's still going to catch a, a decent amount of ownership, I think, at that price. Um, my take is like, I, I believe Tony's really good. Like, I've already seen enough uh, to think he's a really good player. And I think sometimes the lack of he's not going to have that many targets with Sterling Shepard back in the lineup, but I think he could make up for that with efficiency in big plays, um, you know, just with less attention. So I am intrigued by Kadarius Tony, but at this week at that price tag at that ownership, I think I'll be waiting maybe for the dip, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think this is not the last we've heard of Kadarius Tony. And if for some reason he's still floating around in your leagues, I assume most waivers have processed by this point, but uh, Kadarius Tony looks like a guy who could be one of those league winners that emerge on the waivers. Yeah, I think it's hard not to pick him up in season long for DFS. I might be more inclined to take a shot at Sterling Shepard this week and hope that the field does go heavily to Kadarius Tony. And again, a game script that you would think the Rams should be able to pull ahead. And a lot of the field looks like we'll be playing Cooper Cup as well. So there are some ways to make game stacks of this game and, uh, you know, get creative with it, I think. And, you know, don't just pencil Tony in in that front, but also don't be too discouraged if he does have a down week with these guys coming back in. Uh, Miami, Devontae Parker yet to practice this week. Tua, though, trending perhaps towards a return. It's going to be an early AM London game, so not the biggest... NFL DFS ramifications, Pete, but for Miami, you know, you got to imagine they want to have Tua back in after Brissett has clearly not been a guy that, you know, more than replacement level, which I think we sort of guessed at uh, when Tua first went out, but in this spot, do you have a, do you care at all about what's going on in Miami, given it's a, a nothing game, a nothing battle of Florida in London? Yeah, I mean, there is a few interesting things going in, on in Miami. I think, you know, Gesicki, uh, with the target tree really thinning out, he has stepped up and is, you know, he went from being a guy that was just completely boom bust to, I mean, he's basically a top five tight end as far as kind of season long, the full slate. Uh, and then the other interesting thing is kind of Miles Gaskin continued emergence as the bell cow back there. It's this weird thing where uh, Malcolm Brown and Ahmed are still getting a few touches, but Miles Gaskin is getting all the high value touches and looks pretty impressive. The fact that he was able to get there in that big negative game script against the Bucks last week uh, was definitely on my radar. So I think this is one of those games. It'll be fun uh, for showdown um, just with how concentrated I think the Dolphins are getting right now. And even the Jags as well, you know, losing DJ Chark. I mean, now it's really Marv and uh, LaVisca and James Robinson's show. So uh, I, I like these teams from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. Weirdly, that Miami playing the other Florida teams in back-to-back weeks, one of those games in Florida, one of them in London, but uh, hopefully they can continue their torrid run here of, I guess, competency, really, mostly because of Miles Gaskin last week, hanging in there versus the Bucks as best they could. Uh, Clyde Oden to Lair, guy we didn't talk enough about on Monday, but he's on IR now. Uh, Darrell Williams, is he in play for you at all, Pete, going into a game at Washington where it does seem... I guess we need to talk about Tyree Kill and his injury status. He's not practicing right now, though. They did say earlier in the week they expect him to be able to go. Uh, but this spot, you know, people haven't putting up a lot of points in this Washington defense that a lot of people, myself included, thought were going to be good this year. In this spot, I don't know that I would trust Terrell Williams, not minimum salaried on DraftKings, but is he in play for you at all, Pete? I'm not super interested in Darrell Williams. Um, I don't, I, I just feel like my take was, that this Darrell Williams, Jarek McKinnon thing is going to be a poor man, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, where they're going to throw the ball so many times. 
the team doesn't really trust either of these guys. So they're going to really limit, you know, their touches. I mean, I think you're basically praying that Darrell Williams falls in the end zone twice, you know, from the one yard line, basically. So, I mean, I always get the thesis, these running backs on the high scoring offenses can, you know, find themselves into nice efficiency and scoring opportunities, but I'm not excited about them. I'd rather play Michael Hardman, uh, I'm kind of surprised that his ownership isn't over 10% right now. He's projecting to me as the best, you know, points per dollar play down there, sub 5,000. And then if you combine the fact that Tyree kills a little banged up, you combine the fact that Michael Hardman led the team in targets last week and that Travis Kelsey and some of these other options are going to be pretty popular. I think uh, Hardman is my preferred cheap way to play the chiefs. Not Josh Gordon. If Tyreek Hill were out, would you play? Would you play one lineup? Let's say you're doing a 150 max doing it, brick, awesome, chess is okay style. Would you want to get in a little taste of Josh Gordon? Because I would, if Tyreek Hill were out, I'd, I'd get a little share just to be there in case he does pop off. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think if Tyreek Hill is out for sure, I mean, at 3,400, kind of the risk reward is definitely there. And I don't imagine Josh Gordon, even with Tyreek Hill coming out, would become chalk. I can't imagine him getting over 10%. So yes, uh, you convinced me. I, I would like a little sprinkle. I mean, the fact that he got nine, nine snaps, you know, running some routes in his debut, I think probably a little bit of an encouragement one, but definitely, hopefully we'll have some more clarity on this one for tomorrow's show. And we could talk more about it. And tomorrow's show, Al Smizzle, Al Zeidenfeld joining the show here. One of our, a guest that I know you've had on shows, Pete, but I'm excited. I, as a DFS edge fan, that was really the thing that I think got my, my foot in the water with playing DFS and really caring about it and approaching it in a, in a smarter way. But I would say he's probably right up there. Like he and Matthew Barry, probably two of our biggest guests we've had. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Smiz does the uh, DFS content on ESPN. I know he does a show over there with them, has a big YouTube and Twitch following. And he's also, uh, he's been red-pilled down the NFT rabbit hole uh, these days. So he did a he did a post uh, today saying he was going to come on the show and he tagged me and he did a, a hand builder NFT, basically a construction helmet guy. And, you know, he was just trying to promote the show and coming on here. And everyone who owned this NFT, the humanoids, started replying to the thread with their NFTs from this project. So my entire Twitter feed this morning was just all these people spamming me their NFTs. But yes, Smith is coming on tomorrow. Yeah, meanwhile, I don't even remember when the NBA Top Shot packs are coming out. And I can't even keep up with that, though. I did get some nice sales on WNBA. So that's where my NFT life lies right now. Uh, going from the Chiefs to a former Chief, Sammy Watkins has been out of practice this week with a hamstring issue. And it could be a high-scoring game going against the Chargers. So, uh, Pete, I'll ask you the question because I do think Watkins being out, maybe it opens up room for Bateman to do something if he does debut. I think more likely to me, it makes me want to get some Marquise Brown and also definitely a little more Mark Andrews after he benefited from Watkins being out last game. But uh, for the Ravens, the Ravens rather, uh, pass catchers, are you willing to go there in any sort of volume with Sammy Watkins potentially not being available? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little, I can't lie, I'm a, a little intrigued with Rashad Bateman at, at the minimum there. If he's activated, which I believe he will be, I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, Rashad Bateman, kind of the black box, like, so you take the black box of Kadarius Toney, uh, you know, coming out right away and producing kind of with the opportunity that could be Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, a much better prospect uh, profile than Kadarius Tony. You remove Sammy Watkins from the equation. He could come in right away and command a decent target share. Uh, so it, I know it's always risky guys coming off injury, rookie run heavy offense. Like there's red flags there, but at 3000, 
I might be willing to uh, to take the risk there, especially because Mark Andrews is going to be really popular. I'm seeing him at about 16%. I do think Marquise Brown, you know, probably will be in the 10% range. So uh, I, I'm in, I'm interested in Bateman. Yeah, there's definitely something to this offense, I would think. And the Chargers, we know, can put up points in any situation. So um, a spot here where if Watkins isn't in, I think you got to get some shares of really whatever you can get on the Ravens and different constructions. Uh, Joe Mixon remains limited in practice. Samaj P. Ryan last week doubled him up in snaps. Can you trust either option, Pete, in a potential positive game script where they are a four-point favorite heading into Detroit? Um, Yeah, I... That game is a little worrisome from a pace perspective. Sam Hoppin today in the Fantasy Life newsletter was looking at kind of the expected plays in that game, and it wasn't popping off. But I do think there might be some nice leverage spots here just because DeAndre Swift is going to be super popular. Both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are going to be popular, so I was starting to get a little excited with maybe like a Tyler Boyd or Joe Mixon kind of leverage spot there. So I think this is a game I, I am going to pick my spots in. And in that same game on the other side, Jamal Williams out of practice today. I think maybe a surprise for some uh, some of the local beat writers I saw were not expecting that to happen. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I feel like Jamal Williams is out. I, you talked about him potentially being chalk in this spot. I would say to me, if Swift is there and Williams is out, I don't know how you don't give a gigantic projection boost to Swift in a way that he would be hard to avoid on an optimizer. He already pops up for me more than I honestly would feel comfortable with on most given weeks. But in this spot, Pete, would you consider Swift, I guess, one of the top running back plays on the slate if we do get no Jamal Williams? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even right now, he's projecting as a top five ceiling option for me. So to get that at 6,300, and then you have Darrell Henderson right there at 6,000. Uh, Swift was showing up in all the optimals I was running as well. Um, you know, I, I start to get a little nervous uh, at that ownership with basically any running back, even uh, really good ones that that catch passes like DeAndre Swift. But yeah, I mean, he he deserves it. He'll be he'll be a great play uh, if, if Jamal Williams is out. And then the last injury item here, which I think is interesting, T.Y. Hilton on track to return against the Texans, though. Um, I think that's still a little bit up in the air, so we'll, we'll certainly have an update on that one tomorrow. Hopefully I have a better read on it. But it's actually interesting to me because Carson Wentz not throwing a lot of deep balls, but on the year, a 113 QB rating on deep throws, which is certainly not what the case was in Philadelphia. And Pete, we know T.Y. Hilton does have a torrid history of destroying the Texans and really a lot of AFC South teams. So T.Y. Hilton makes it in. Would you have a single share for yourself as a man who tends to not like the old guys, but does tend to like guys that are coming off of an injury and will be under owned as a result. Yeah, that one is tough. This is like the, just the classic situation. I mean, I haven't played AJ green once this year, even though I'm always trying to get one of Christian Kirk or Rod Del Moore into my lineups. Yeah. It's probably a pretty big blind spot. I will say though, uh, the reason I might not do it is because I think Michael Pittman at 5,500 uh, looks pretty good. And if his ownership comes down, I'm seeing him around like, 10% right now. It might just be like a micro version of the Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson situation where it's like, they're never super over owned. So I just play the one I like more. Uh, but yeah, if there's huge ownership steam there, I just don't know how much exposure I even want to this game. I think the Colts are going to absolutely have a field day with Jonathan Taylor. Um, Brandon cooks looks good on the other side. So I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about the T.Y. Hilton stuff much at all, honestly. 
I'm intrigued by it a little bit. I don't think I would have a ton of shares. I don't think he's going to project that well overall. But, you know, I think in terms of, again, another guy, if I'm playing 150 lineups, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be playing the mini max again. That's what I've been doing most weeks in addition to the 20 maxes and a few shares in the Millie Maker. But um, in that spot for me, I could see definitely having a little bit of exposure. Our guy Joshua asking a question I think some people may have after we just talked about the Detroit backfield. Who's the running back three in Detroit? And Pete, actually, I'll let you guess first. Who's a running back three in Detroit right now? And I, unless you know this for the fantasy life newsletter, I don't think you'll get this in a million tries. Um, so I don't know how they have it exactly on their depth chart, but the the rookie that I had been stashing at some points when the backfield was injured was Jamar Jefferson. Is he listed as the third right now? Technically number four. Number three is Godwin Iguabuike, who has not gotten a snap this year as far as I can tell. Um, but yeah, I think Jamar Jefferson, they do have some draft capital. So maybe he could be the more of a number three in an actual practice, but it does seem like either way though, you can't expect either of these guys to have a Jamal Williams, you know, that kind of share of a role that he's had. Yeah. The only thing that's a little interesting to me, and I, I, I honestly have never heard of that other guy you mentioned, but Jamar Jefferson had a pretty good rushing profile and was kind of intriguing as a deep sleeper running back. And so I wonder if you remove Jamal Williams from the equation, and they're giving basically DeAndre Swift all the pass work and, and obviously his usual kind of carries load. I wonder, though, if Jamar Jefferson would slide in and get, you know, the eight to 10 carries and, and maybe even some goal line work and they use him more as the power back complement. That would be the only thing that I might envision happening. Yeah, Jamar Jefferson on player profile it does have some interesting college dominator stats. He had 33% share of his team's offense in college, 6.1 yards per carry. So maybe maybe he does get a little bit more of a look here. And, and I think that actually could be a good point, using him as a bruiser. And the guy who ruins uh, ruins DeAndre Swift's day when he still has a great day with PPR points but probably doesn't get a touchdown. That is definitely a possibility here if we don't see Jamal Williams playing. Uh, but let's keep going through, Pete. And you know what time it is, don't you? It's time for the low probability crystal ball. So let's, oh boy, let's, so let's. So do I can mentally prepare. How many are we doing? Uh, let's do two each. Okay. Okay. So I got to put on my Sue saying shawl, of course, and actually grab the crystal ball, which is the most important part. And this is the time of the week where we take a look at the low probability plays out there and players that could end up being worth a lot more this weekend or perhaps on Thursday night football. And, and Pete, I'm going to let you go first here so you can get into character. Then I'll, I'll feed off of how into character you're going to get here. I don't know why I changed my, my hat to backwards as if this would help me get into character when in fact, this is how I look all of the time. I should have started with a backwards hat today and then gone this way. That would have helped me get into character. But I'm telling you, Spags, let's quit the bullshit. I'm looking in here and I'm seeing a very unpopular opinion. No one wants to admit it, but Robbie Anderson's underlying peripheral, peripherals are still nice. He's getting targeted deep down the field. Sure, nothing has happened yet, but this is the week, Spags. Our boy, Robbie Anderson, splash play Bob. They left him for dead, but I see a touchdown in his future. Ooh, hopefully we can bring him back to life with our mystical powers that are unfurled before your eyes every single episode. And speaking of, I'm going to unfurl a bet here. Normally we like to talk about the players and the playees, but I simply bend to the whims of the crystal ball at every turn. And today the crystal ball tells me there's one Thursday night football play that you should track just for the plus EV approach. That's going Philadelphia's way. Take them to cover the spread against Tampa Bay. That's the safe move. But the crystal ball sees and it says Philadelphia Eagles, Peter. They'll be storming the streets with a victory over the Super Bowl champions Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith on their backs. They will carry them. Dallas Goddard's COVID means nothing according to the crystal ball. No, sir, it is in fact an Eagles win, I foresee. 
Oh my goodness, that is beautiful, Spags. That is beautiful. I'm looking into this crystal ball and all I see are contrarian, unpopular opinions. No one likes it when I speak the truth. They come to me, they say, give me the Kyle Pitts tout when he's going to have a good game. And I say, no, no, no. That's for that hack shop down the road that just tells you what you want to hear. He has no creativity or insight. I see into the future and I give you the raw, uncut truth. And that is Justin Fields finally has the game. No, no, no. I hear what you're doing. You say, quiet, Peter. And I say, no. Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, they look good to me. The breakout game is coming. I know the rookie quarterbacks can't seem to put it together, but this week, Justin Fields, right when you leave him for dead, emerges. Delivers. Is your crystal ball incorporating injury reports that say Allen Robinson's not practicing this week? Seems like it would be difficult to build rapport when he's had so precious little for Justin Fields. And it also feels unfair to other crystal ball shops that have had correct picks on this segment for two straight weeks. Sure, we don't track them on an Excel feeder, but it does, in fact, count that the crystal ball knows all. Oh, ye of little faith, as if you think my powers don't just extend to prognostication. I can bring players back from the dead, from the injury ward. Alan Robinson, be healed! What's what's the Harry Potter thing they would say to bring somebody back to life? I don't know it enough, and I'm sure my girlfriend will yell at me in the other room. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know it either. <laughs> a la, I was gonna say Allah Akbar. I don't think they'd say that to bring somebody back. But the crystal ball has one more take, and perhaps the crystal ball is even planning ahead with our next segment. With this one, crystal ball tells me a lot of hubbub about Rondale Moore, a lot of hubbub about Christian Kirk. But where's the AJ Green talk? I'll tell you where it's going to be. It's going to come this week, heading into Cleveland. AJ Green going to get the team that's wide receiver gets wide receiver two's number 22 overall according to DVOA those are poor numbers but great numbers for AJ Green and his return to the the seas of Ohio he will be there two touchdowns for AJ Green Pete might not be enough to get into a millimaker, maker but would be enough to make the crystal ball correct once more I'm triggered why don't you toss in T.Y. Hilton while you're at it all the old players are beloved by the crystal ball because the crystal ball has ancient mystical powers, obviously. So they're going to err on the side of longer term projections. <laughs> there we go. It seems so there, there's a low probability crystal ball for the week. And of course, if you like bits like this one, or even if you don't hit that like button, so then you can introduce us to more people. They can see this bit and they can know that splash play is not the show for them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Think we're going for um do we want to get frankie on right now of course our viewer guest and we are giving away viewer guest spots every single week here if you give us five stars and a review on apple Podcasts. and frankie was there frankie not only was there left us a review last season was watching the show then it uh, updated his review to say that he now likes me so frankie <laughs> you have won me over with just your apple podcast content thanks guys glad to be here how's it going it's good to see you again, Frankie. I'm checking out your set piece over here. I see a randomizer Frisbee. I see a uh, man's coin. Is this on, what is that resting? It's some kind of Gronk monster energy yeah, drink it's like setup? Yeah, uh, like a beer cooler type thing where uh, somebody wanted like a dark tournament. They posted on Facebook if anybody wanted it. And I love Gronk. I love Brady, as you can see. So I was like, hell yeah. Are you a New England guy, Frankie? And also I need no. to point out, Frankie might have a better studio than the both of us. I've seen He that. does. <laughs> right yeah. Now. So I live in St. Louis, and uh, when I was younger, like in high school and college, I used to gamble with my friends, and I don't want to dox myself, but I never really got to pick the teams I wanted to gamble on. So uh, being from St. Louis, the greatest show on turf, everybody loved them. And then, you know, in the playoffs, 
Patriots played them, and I had way too much money on the Patriots. So loved them ever since. I actually, this, this ties back to uh, one historical thing for me, probably the best picks I ever made, which maybe got me on this track to the careers that we all share. But um, my high school senior year, which is going to date me pretty bad, I actually did predict the Patriots going to the Super Bowl against the Rams that year. And I didn't predict them to win, but every other pick I had that playoff was correct. And since then, I've been chasing that high and not even coming close. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of chasing that high, Frankie, did you uh, did you get in line for the Gronk drop? Did we have any luck here? No, I was uh, too busy with the the YouTube chat, and then I was checking Top Shot. I was more worried about Top Shot, trying to get that one, but then I saw that one got pushed back. So that you're saying you're blaming the chat in here from distracting you of going after the NFT. Well, of your I, I only got player? so many things. I got the computer. I got my got my phone. I didn't want to lose my Top Shot because I thought I had a better chance of that one. The Gronk is what like a point yeah, zero zero two percent chance. So. I'll just push that one back for the next one, but I wanted to make sure the top shot I had a better chance at. Did you get it? That got pushed back. I think it got pushed oh, back. Oh, it got pushed said. back? Wait, yeah. I saw people opening packs. Like I saw Christian Hardy who's one of the uh, poker bros doing some stuff that I follow. And um, so, th oh, those are the early cues, right? Oh, those yeah. I was... okay. Yes. Right, so the, the true collectors already got in line earlier today, Specs, mm -hmm. not the rent seekers like No, you. no, the me who just trades, like, I'm happy if I get a $9 pack and I could profit $27. i am like, yup, crushed yeah. it on this pack. This is another mini-max weekend for me, baby. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right, let's do, Frankie, you are here for our, one of our, our bell cow segments, we'll call it here, Numbers Don't Lie, where I'm going to give three stats, two of them are true, one is a lie, and Pete, you are going to have to guess, Frankie, you're going to have to guess, which of these stats is fake. Frankie, you've watched the show, you've been around us for a while, are you ready for for this moment in time, being a part of a truly legendary bit here on fantasy football. Yeah, let's give it a shot. All right, Pete, are you ready? I'm always ready for your bullshit spags. <laughs> so here we go. Three stats, two are true. One is a lie. These guys are going to guess both. It started off with Cortland Sutton, who's had one outlier fantasy week so far this season, but it could be time to wonder when he's going to break a slate again. His 129.8 air yards per game would put him second in the league on the year behind just Devontae Adams, putting him ahead of stars like Stefan Diggs and even emerging studs like the Chargers, Mike Williams. Uh, Pete, you know the antics I like to pull here. Does this one seem true or false to you? Seems true to me. Cortland Sutton racking up all those air yards. Uh, I know I've seen him atop the air yards list. I don't know if for a fact that he's number two, but I do feel pretty confident he's top five. What do you think, Frankie? That's kind of what I was thinking. I thought he was trying to be sneaky, and he could have been like third or fourth, where it's yeah. something that's kind of believable, but could also be false just barely. So I'm leaning, leaning a lie right now, so. All right. So there we go. So, okay. We're, we're thinking that these, this might be true, might not be true. We'll get some more in. We'll get the answer at the end. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about the Arizona wide receivers this week and Rondale Moore pulling even with Christian Kirk on snaps for the first time last week. But don't forget about the ageless AJ Green. His veteran uh, status has gotten him more snaps in every game than Kirk and Moore. He's been targeted at 20 plus yards or more at the same amount as those two guys. He's also due for positive regression for catching only one of those deep targets so far this year. Uh, Frankie, there's a lot to process there. So Pete's probably already, the wheels are spinning for him. But you think this one is true here about the great A.J. Green? I think this one is uh, more of a lie, I guess, because I don't see how he got too many targets downfield. I feel like he's more of like the short yardage, kind of like the Ertz just catch it and fall down. So I don't know if he's got too many downfield or not. Stereotyping is shameful, and I think we don't approve of that here on this show of all, whether we do Italian and, and soothsayer bits. Pete, how about you? Do you want to take this one as true or false? 
I kind of think it's false too, because I want to say there was a week where Christian Kirk uh, had more snaps than AJ Green too. So uh, something about this seems fishy, but I can't tell. This is like the levels, the game within a game. It's you're trying to push your old player agenda with AJ Green, but then I think you might want me to think it's true, even though I want to think it's false, which is why I actually think it's false. The crystal ball, I think, is what put me on here really more than anything. Crystal ball may have maybe even told you which one is true and which one's a lie. Last one, though, everyone came into the year dying to get shares of the Cowboys wide receiver core, a spot that seems savvy based on the early returns. But the big winner in this Dallas offense so far looks like it might be Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke has 23% of the team's total yards, as well as 32% of the team's total touchdowns, both numbers higher than any other player on the roster besides Dak Prescott. So, Pete, you've heard all three. Which stats are true? Which one's the false one? Um, I, I think that Zeke stat is true. None of those numbers seemed too outrageous to me as far as that percentage of the team's touchdowns. I do really think something fishy is going on with the AJ Green. I can't quite put my finger on which one it is. You, you threw a lot of bullshit out there, and uh, I'm on to you. Or a lot of truth. Frankie, how about you? Which two stats are true? Which one's the fake one? Yeah, I definitely think the Cowboys with Zeke is true. So uh, I'm going to go with Fitzgerald, too. Okay, so there. So which one's the fake one? Fitzgerald, that's a burn. That's a Freudian blurred. <laughs> oh man. So okay, I will say the AJ Green one is the false one, oh. but not for the reasons <laughs> that you thought. He actually has played more snaps than Christian Kirk and more in every game this year. He actually has caught or had been targeted the same amount of times downfield. The fake part, he's actually caught every deep ball oh, thrown God, his way. I deep. knew you had. <laughs> you screwed yourself, Spags, because I knew there was bullshit going on there. Uh. This is this is too perfect. He's catching them all. That's much like a Pokemon master, much like the Ash Ketchum of, of this Arizona offense. AJ Green, you throw him that ball downfield. Pete, he's coming down with it every single time, just like Mama used to make. <laughs> no, do not try to merge this. Numbers don't lie with welcome to the family. We need to keep those separated. Separate church and state. <laughs> well, there we go. So play some AJ Green this week, and maybe it'll work out for you as probably the best receiver on that entire Arizona secondary. Uh, Frankie, are, are you feeling anything? for this Thursday night game because I think now is about the time we get into our DFS lineup build and it is Bucks Eagles. So do you have any sort of strong feelings here about either side of that equation? Yeah, I've been looking it over a little bit. Not too much, but uh, I like the a couple of the cheap options on the Eagles. You can kind of get Gainwell or Ertz maybe and then that kind of allows you to pay up to either get the quarterbacks or the stud wide receivers on the Bucks. All right, so we got a construction there. So let's do our lineup build. And I forget how we're doing this, Pete. Like, are we going to do the build, then do our ride or die picks? Or do we do the ride or die picks, then do the build? Um, I don't know, Spags. We kind of are uh, building the parachute after we jumped out of the plane here. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, let's build the lineup first. And Frankie, of course, you are the guest. You're one of our cherished viewer guests who gave us five stars and review an Apple podcast. So the first pick is yours here. Pick a captain, pick whoever you want in the flex. Follow your heart here, my friend. Uh, I'll just go with the flex, and I'll take one of the cheap guys. I think we'll go with uh, Gainwell. I think he can get a couple receptions. Uh, Sanders doesn't really get too many touches more than him, especially if they're in a negative game script. So, not not the captain, but just a regular. Oh, flex my guy. bad, my bad. I got. It. I was like, all right. I think that's yeah. No, uh, no, don't want to go too crazy. If Frankie's we, actually being a really good team player here, giving a salary to play with, taking a guy that's pretty logical. And I think Gainwell too, the ownership, not going to be too crazy on him though. I guess that, that is a question here. Like I think Miles Sanders wouldn't shock me if he were a little bit under owned, but, but Gainwell's the pass catching back Pete, who I know you've had some love in your heart for. 
yeah, I like Gainwell. Uh, I've been pretty impressed uh, with him and that he was able to establish a role that quickly out of the gate, especially with a back in front of him like Miles Sanders who can catch passes pretty well. So I'm definitely in on Gainwell. Uh, I don't think he's going to be super popular either tonight. Uh, but after he gets the Frankie splash play bump, we might need to be concerned. All right, Pete, you could have the second pick here. And uh, I, I actually have an angle that I would go for a second pick. So I'm curious to see which way you would go. Um, I, well, I kind of know what you would do here, Spags. And so I'm going to do well, it. I instead. don't think you do. I mean, this is a classic Spags wants to put Devonta Smith in the captain spot. No, I was going to go a different direction here. So no, I, should I just make my choice then? And then you'll be pleasantly, probably not pleasantly, I guess. Yeah. Well, I am putting Devonta Smith in the captain spot. <laughs> okay. I was actually going to go Jalen Hurts as captain. That wasn't going to be my pick. I was going to play Miles Sanders too. I think they're going to heavily target both backs today. And I think that's the one tournament move you can make is playing Sanders and Gainwell together and hoping you just get a lot of check downs from old Jalen Hurts. All right. I dig it. I dig it. Um, all right. The pick is back to you. Frankie, did we ruin your beautiful lineup with these <laughs> subsequent two picks? It's definitely nothing I've put together yet so far, but <laughs> but I like it. So uh, I guess let's go with uh, Godwin. Just kind of play the – he didn't really do anything last week, so hopefully maybe he can get something this week. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, I do think he might go a little overlooked after the, uh, the Evans and Antonio Brown. Everyone always succumbs to recency bias there a good bit chasing that most recent performance. And I do think in general fading for net is going to be a really nice strategy tonight because I think he's going to be super popular at his price tag and, uh, uh, any, any lineup that doesn't have Fournette. So I hope you just took that hint bags. Don't put him in <laughs> our lineup. Well, I think it's technically your turn, but I, we now have to put in Jalen hurts because we have so many pass catchers. There's no way Jalen hurts wouldn't be in the lineup. All right. Is that your pick? Yeah. Okay, so so we're not putting Tom Brady, the guy who's just bro who won the Millie Maker with more fantasy points by like ten over everybody else. So we're going contrarian by not playing Brady. All right, then let's um let's go with a a very contrarian build here and let's onslaught Philadelphia. Let's go Ooh. with uh let's go with Rager in here as well. We'll leave sixteen hundred on the table. A five one Philadelphia onslaught. That's very creative. And there is a story there. I know we've talked about, you know, obviously a lot of DFS shows talk about telling a story with your lineup, but this is one not a lot of people will be telling the story today unless they watch the low probability crystal ball segment. No, the Eagles are a shoe in to win this one. Uh, Frankie, will you beg the audience not to dupe us? Please don't dupe us, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Please. I'm telling you, these guys, they don't ever come up with any ideas for themselves. They just wait for me to put a lineup on the screen and then they all run and enter it into the same tournament. Don't dupe me, bros. There we go. We got one of the stars of Pete's YouTube channel, Lou Dog Sports in the channel, saying this Frankie guy is sharp in all caps. So there you go, Frankie. You're getting the love from the people, much like in Gladiator. You, you've come into the Coliseum and you've won him over. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, Lou, uh, there's a lot of hot chatter about Zach Ertz in the chat. Uh, hmm. We do have Goddard. I don't know if he was officially ruled out. I know he's doubtful uh, with the COVID stuff. So Ertz, I think, is going to project well. I was looking at his betting lines earlier, his over under on catches was four and a half and the over was getting steamed pretty hard. So it seems like people are in on Ertz. It definitely makes sense when you eliminate Goddard there and the Bucks have just put teams in negative game scripts where they have to throw. Uh, do either of you have a, a Zach Ertz take? Frankie, you got one? Uh, pretty much the same. I mean, a lot of the builds I was using, I had already put them in uh, just because he's cheap and he allows you to get a lot of the stud guys in there. So. 
Yeah, Zach Ertz not really popping up for me with the projections I angrily made on Sunday that we discussed on Monday's show, just making them for myself so I had a, a frame of reference to give. And Zach Ertz for me would project for about eight and a half fantasy points and not, not doing a whole lot of special stuff there. Don't take that to the bank. Uh, but I would say that you know, he's going to be in the mix for me and, and I'm sure you know entering a bunch of lineups for showdown, but not a core play and, and maybe not a guy to prioritize as captain, but he's going to be under 5% owned, probably a decent move. But it is time to do our ride or die picks for this game. Now that we built a lineup, you know where our head's going. But Tampa Bay, 29.8 implied points. Philadelphia, 22.8 implied points. That's a seven-point line in the books. Edge Sports, edjsports.com, uh, the company I work for that does 100,000 simulations for every single game. They have it as a five-point line and a higher over-under, so maybe some scoring to go on here. And uh, Frankie, you can have the first ride-or-die pick. I know it doesn't matter for your record, probably, but honestly, it doesn't really matter for Pete and my records either. So <laughs> nothing, who you want is your When you really game. boil it down, Frankie, what Spags is trying to say is nothing fucking matters. <laughs> it's, yeah, the Nihilist Splash Play episode is what we're going for today frankie who would you pick as a showdown captain tonight showdown captain uh i mean i think you got to go brady if you're not worried about being chalky but if i was going to go like build an actual lineup i guess i would probably lean more towards like godwin but uh so if i'm just trying to pick and it doesn't matter about point system or anything i'll go brady so you're definitely the highest probability option, you would think. So that's you know that's the difference here between playing a cash game lineup and a general tournament lineup, which Frankie points out again, very sharp there, as Lou Dog said. Uh, Pete, what do you want for a ride or die pick? Uh, I, I liked. I think I correlated it last week as well. I'm going to stick with the correlation. Devonta Smith had him in the Frankie lineup. I'm going to put him as my uh, winning captain. I think the there's pretty much a triumvirate. I think the field is going to be on Hertz, uh, Fournette, and Brady is kind of their main captain choices. So I'll try to get a little unique with Devonta Smith here. All right. And I guess I'll go the weird way and I'll go Miles Sanders in the hopes that uh, people do forget that he's running twice the amount of routes per game as Kenneth Gainwell is. Gainwell been a better receiver overall, but 23 routes per game compared to just under 13 for Gainwell. I think if you see a guy get a lot of catches in the short range, that could end up being uh, Miles Sanders. So I don't love the correlation part of it, but I think that's the way I'm going to go. Um, we want to do a main slate lineup build as well. Yeah, Frankie, where are we at on the main slate here? How are you feeling? I haven't really been looking at it too much. Uh, too worried about trying to make our picks for tonight, so haven't been sweating the Sunday lineup yet. Well, Fra uh, let me give you a little pro tip in this business, Frankie. You fake it until you make it. So you say <laughs> things like, I've never felt more confident about a slate than I do right now about the week six slate. I can, I know this bad boy upside and down, you name me a player. I could tell you their price, their ownership projection and their SIM results all off by the top of my head. And I uh, expect the same from all of you guys. And also, I have to say, we got 90 people watching the stream right now, over 90 people in Peach stream. And uh, we got Frankie on here. So show him a little love and hit that like button. If you can't smash the like button for Frankie here, Pete, I'm going to pull whatever levers I can to get the likes up. Hey, God, I do want to say, Frankie, I, I think you got to get a. I know we normally do plugs at the end, but this reminded me. Get the plug in for your restaurant. You oh, yeah. alerted us to the fact that we accidentally were hyping up a competitor on our last show. Yeah, I was not too happy about that, so. But that's okay. So yeah, so my family, we own a pasta house company in St. Louis. Uh, there's kind of like maybe like 10 or 15 of them. Uh, they're kind of like half company stores and then half franchise. And my family's owned a franchise one for like 40 years or so. So I work there, do like the manager, do the books, do the accounting, kind of a little bit of everything. So, but yeah, you guys gave a free plug to one of our main competitors last time. So well, here's a question. When you're at, what's the name of your pasta house? The pasta house company. Okay. The pasta house company. When you're there, are you family? Oh, of course. 
Everybody's okay, I, family. Do you guys have a slogan? Uh, one of them is imagine the possibilities. <laughs> yeah, that's like not that. like ours or anything, but that's like one of the company. Like we have a sign up that says that. So imagine the possibilities. Is there a maybe. mascot? Because I would say, like, I obviously, Frankie, knowing you now, I like what you're doing. I like the name, the Pasta House Company. But I would say, if there were an animated spaghetti mascot, I think you'd get me on board <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah, on the kids menu, there's a Mr. Meatball. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Kids, it's so. also my nickname when I do the Welcome to the Family segment. Mr. I Meatball. was just going to say, can we make the Pasta House the official sponsor of the Welcome to the Family segment and abandon, you know, the corporate, you know, uh, money grabbers over at Olive Garden? If Frankie's <laughs> going to allow it, I mean, you don't have to pay anything, Frankie, to be clear. We're not going right. <laughs> to try to bring yeah, you yeah. on to racketeer you uh, like our shared heritage may have done. Uh, but I would say, you know, I'm happy to do it if you guys wouldn't be ashamed to be tethered to the Splash Play brand in that particular segment. You have my blessing. Now, if corporate says something, but we'll, we'll go from there. But as yeah. of now, you have free reign. Yeah, because right. I'm looking in my crystal ball for this partnership. And the, all I can think of is imagine the possibilities that the two of us can do together with this partnership. Imagine Mr. Meatballs, really what I'm imagining. <laughs> what, what yeah, so like we own the one, it's like in Afton in St. Louis. There's a bunch like all around St. Louis, couple in Illinois. So, but yeah, so you, you guys go. want the go to ours. So that I, mean, I, I, I have to drive across the country to move out East in about a month. And if there is a pasta house company on the way, Frankie, I will be there. We're really just demanding to see Mr. Meatball in person is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I need to make a trip. You're not, you don't live too far from Davis, right? No, I, I mean, yeah, he's very, I mean, I don't know exactly where he, he lives, but I know he's close and I actually like talked to him on Twitter before. And he said he was going to come to the restaurant like during COVID. Cause like we were, you know, struggling like a lot of restaurants were so we had to do a lot of carryouts and he was talking on a couple shows about doing carryouts so did he i was flake? like hey did he flake on you did he did what he, did davis come to the restaurant or did he flake oh on I, you? I he says he did but it wasn't when i was there so i didn't oh, see him so convenient i'm gonna blow up this guy's spot i mean so i'm sure i'm sure he i'm sure he did he, he's he's texted me or not texted but dm me a few times about it so okay i'm sure he has all right, well, Davis, big time there. Won't go to the pasta house company like us. That's real salt of the earth, guys. We go to the pasta house company when we say we're going to go. Um, all right, Frankie, you get to open this up on the main slate. Do you want this to be a cash game lineup, a tournament lineup, or cash game tournament lineup? <laughs> uh, let's go tournament. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, start us off with a stack. Uh, let's go with... Uh... I mean, I know you guys were talking about Tyreek being being out maybe or something like that, but so, well, I guess let's just go with Kyler, and we can go with uh, – we're definitely not going to go with A.J. Green. So let's Thank go, you, Frankie. Let's go with Rondale. Yes. Wow. It's going to be tough when this lineup does fantastically other than the 1v1 swap of Rondale to A.J. Green, and that's the one that wins people a million dollars. But, hey, that, you know, this is me saying it. I'm not <laughs> I'm not the pasta expert. First of all, only $100,000 is at stake. This is the $3 play action. I can't be hemorrhaging $20 a lineup on bits here on this show. <laughs> and also, uh, it's not about winning $100,000. It's about having morals and ethics and not putting A.J. Green into your lineup. I thought it was about having fun and making friends. It is. It's about the possibilities, and there are no possibilities <laughs> with AJ Green. Son of a bitch. I will say, uh, do I get actually no Pete, you take the next pick. Uh okay. I will uh I'll bring it back and I'll get real gross. No one wants him, but he's in the air yards by low model. Odell Beckham Jr. at fifty one hundred. Let's go. 
Hey, anytime you can put a player in who's getting thrown the ball by a guy with a partially torn labrum, you got to do it. That's what quarterbacks don't matter. Next. <laughs> for, all right. For me, you know, I'll take, well, I don't know that I want to spend this much money here, but, but screw it. Let's do it anyway. I'll take the highest owned expected wide receiver Cooper cup in a spot where he probably won't be needed because the game should be out of hand almost immediately, but uh, he projects really well for me. And I'll say Cooper cups, the guy. All right. Spags with a very inspired chalk pick. Let me just go out on a limb and pick the guy with a 69% target share every game. And also a very selfish one because it ruins the salary for every other position too. So it was bad on both fronts, but Frankie, we're back to you. All right, let's do a little mini correlation, I guess, and we'll knock out the tight end. Uh, I don't know if people will be going back to Engram. I don't, like I said, I haven't really looked too much at the stuff for this week, but I feel like, He's been terrible every time people have played him. So let's go one more time. All right. Yeah. I mean, with the right wide receivers coming back in, maybe it's uh maybe it throws people off the Evan Ingram scent, but boy, did he fucking disappoint me last week. So that's <laughs> not one of my faves. Pete, what about you? What do you want? Yeah. So I'm trying, there's not a lot of, you know, high ceiling running backs that are flying under the radar. I mentioned this guy earlier. I think Joe Mixon is going to end up being a good play just because guys like Darrell Henderson and Swift and Taylor in that same range are going to project better. Uh, And on top of it, you're going to get a lot of leverage with Jamar Chase and uh, T Higgins being popular. So let's toss in Mixon here. Okay. I think it's a reasonable one. Um, How much money do we have? Boy, not a lot. Um, I feel like we need a running back, right? Probably more than anything. Um, Austin Eckler would be my choice because we don't know the Dalvin Cook status yet, right? Uh, Dalvin Cook, I I think he's going to play limited participant yesterday. We'll have to see what his practice status is today, but do whatever you want. Keep spending money like we don't have a salary (laughs) cap, Spags. Uh, all right. Actually, you know what? Let's do an interesting little double correlation then with that Cleveland game. Let's also take Kareem Hunt. He's a little bit okay. cheaper, so that'll give some money for the flex. All right. So we're going all in on this game, which I definitely don't mind doing. Let's put a placeholder. De- I'll, I'll do defense, and then Frankie can round this out. Let me see what defense is cheap and not going to get a shit ton of ownership. How about you go against uh, T.Y. Hilton? Take the Texans. I mean, sure. I don't mind it. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, Carson Wentz, I think, has been unsustainably good by Carson Wentz standards. Obviously, that doesn't mean a whole lot in the ecosystem, but uh, that does give us enough money for one more pick here, Frankie. So what do you want in the flex? Lots of options here. We got Swift, Madison, Sutton, Woods, Henderson, Amari, Marquise Brown, Chuba, Jacobs, Brandon Cooks. Sutton, like Sutton a... the air yards are there if you want to go that way. Just saying. Hey, just, just let him make his own pick. <laughs> I was going to go Cooper. Uh Let's do Love it. Dallas. I mean, I know Zeke's been getting a lot, so hopefully this can – I mean, I, I don't think New England's going to feel to keep with them, but maybe Amari can get there beforehand. So There it is. Um, Frankie, will you beg the 100 uh, – no, sorry, 594,000 entries in this tournament not to dupe us? Please don't dupe us. Thank you. Please. I'm begging you. Even you, even that, you yeah. max enters especially. I agree. Yeah. If you're a max earner, the 20 max play action, boy, you're a big baller out there. You don't need this lineup. You can get some other ones out there, but that is insane. By the way, that we have to compete against 590,000 people for that particular tournament. I, I like the hundred K payout, but that's too many people. It's too many people, but that's why it's $3. It's a lotto ticket. It's here because of the possibilities bags. 
And the Deposit Kingdom Tournament, that's when you can go on. Don't pay any rake. Don't compete against 590,000 people. Just compete against a couple hundred of your nearest and dearest friends. So go uh, check the link in the description for the Deposit Kingdom Tournament for the week that we'll be playing. And Frankie, are you playing in that one too? Oh, yeah. I've been in uh, the last few weeks. Haven't really done any good. I've been uh, losing on DraftKings, but you got to take advantage of the rake free when you can. So That's right. Best thing you could do for yourself. Frankie, give us the plugs one more time. Of course, the Pasta House Company is the only Italian restaurant that I will ever go to in my life, and I will say that on the record and never deviate from it. But Frankie, tell us where they could find more about that and whatever else you want to say here. If you want to plug for Twitter followers, follow your heart. No, I, I'm not much on Twitter, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, so it's the Pasta House in Afton. All the other pasta houses are not affiliated with me, so we care about <laughs> the just the main one. But, uh, no, yeah, just – Follow Splash Play and uh, give a like. There you go. We appreciate that. So uh, go check out the Post House Company. Of course, make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod. And if you want to be on here getting an official sponsorship deals brokered on Splash Play, give us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts uh, because that's the way we're picking out our, our various winners. And we'll do it again on tomorrow's show. So get in there now. Five stars and a review. And that news feed, apparently from Nick Bird, uh, CMC not practicing, downgraded to doubtful. What is going on with this poor man? Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, these these injury return timelines, we were talking about it on Splash Play last night as it pertains to Saquon. It's just that we're always way more optimistic with these than the reality of the situation. So Chuba, Chuba's interesting again. Also, one note, Spags, on the giveaway to be on the show. We are accepting some Twitter uh, mm. retweets as well to get entered in. Joshua was asking about that in the chat earlier. We will round up those tweets from the mentions uh, that you guys have left. I think I saw a few of them in there that you guys tagged me in. So we'll get you guys added to the wheel along with the iTunes reviewers for those of you not on Apple Podcasts. All right. And any final plugs for you, Pete, here? I feel like we, we've covered Frankie's basis. Hopefully he's feeling good about things. What do you want to say? I have so much to say and barely a platform to ever say it, Spag. So I thank you for this opportunity. I will be back tonight at 7.30 to do a showdown cram. Spags, I took a lot of heat last night on ship chasing because I told people that I don't watch a lot of the games and that I, I listened to Red Zone for 20 minutes in the sauna on Sundays. So I'm under a lot of heat. No pun intended, Spags. I just want people to know I'll watch a little football tonight. Everyone just fucking relax. And tomorrow I'll be back at noon with Brian Hooper. He's going to be the guest on my GPP strategy show uh, in, in the Discord and the Run the Sims channel. Uh, I was getting some questions for that. So if you're a Run the Sims member in that channel, free, free, feel free to hit me up with some questions. Frankie, how do you feel to hear knowing that Pete's just taking a sauna like the one percenter he is out there with his, oh, I'm unemployed. I don't have a real job. And now you're hitting the sauna during the games. That's not that's not the kind of attitude we supported our, our sponsor, the Pasta House Company. Oh, no, definitely not. And then he was shaming a bunch of us in the Discord because he likes to take cold showers afterwards. And oh a lot God. of us, <laughs> yeah, I've never taken a cold shower. If my water heater's not broken, I'm not taking a cold shower. So he was making us all feel bad in there too. So it's just, it's hard to see. Is there no culture anymore in society? Are you guys just... It's it's sad, honestly. Also, I got to give a shout out to the beard who uh, followed us during the show here, and he's tweeting already. It's all about the possibilities when it comes to <laughs> fantasy football. So, <laughs> the brand is strong. We're just steadily becoming an Italian American fantasy football podcast. So, Pete, hopefully, you're excited to come along for the ride. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to eat a bunch of pasta, and then I want to go sweat it out in the sauna. 
<laughs> so make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod. Follow at Peter Overzet. Follow at Chris Spags. Check out the Post House Company if you ever you are in any of those regions. Just go to the website, uh, see where they have a location, and support local business and guys that help you know support us on the show. That's all we can do is try to give that love back. And don't be like Davis Maddock. Actually, show up and be there and take a picture <laughs> with the pasta. Take put your face right there, Lady of the Tramp. Something maybe I don't know. Follow your heart. Yeah, unlike Davis, we won't rug the pasta house. Yeah, exactly. So we appreciate you guys being here. Tune in tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern. Al Smizzle, Al Zeidenfeld will be on this show uh, joining us here. So come hang out. We'll do the ride or die picks. We'll do some special segments just catered towards Al. So join us then, and we'll see you guys again soon. Bye.